1: On your touch. Thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus Lord we thank you for a wonderful opportunity to be in your presence thank you Lord for making way for us to be here Holy Spirit we avail ourselves to your teachings to your word transform our minds change our hearts draw us closer to the Lord in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Why don't you take your seats for... <clears throat> uh, wonderful. 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 Well, we are, we are back to our midweek service again. And I understand that you had a wonderful time in my absence, and I I think oftentimes God creates such situations to let you know that he does not depend on any man when he wants to reach his people, when he wants to touch his people. He does not depend on any particular person, amen. When Moses died, immediately God chose another servant. He says, continue. And if you look, you will think that Moses was it. Do you understand? But God does not depend on us like that. If you avail yourself, anyone that avails himself, God is ready to use. Amen. Amen. Well, for a short time, I want to f- continue the message that we've been sharing for some time now about the call we've been talking a lot about the call the call of god and i want us to continue if perchance we can conclude on this message are you been blessed by this message yes. how many of you feel you are been included in the call it's great well we want to read one scripture and then we will continue so why don't you turn with me to first Corinthians first Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26 first Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26 it says for ye see your calling brethren you know this scripture is very important to what we are sharing And I really want you to understand this scripture. It's very important to what we are sharing. When you understand this scripture, if you get the meaning of this scripture, then everything we are sharing makes sense to you. So the Bible says, for ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Are we talking about the call of God? Are we talking about people that God has called to do his work? And he says you see the calling. If you look at the calling, we are talking about the call. If you look at the calling, you realize that not many wise men after the flesh. Meaning not many wise men in the wisdom of man. In the understanding of man. Not that God has not chosen wise men. But when you Think of wise men as defined by man. You will not find many. Do you understand? When we think of wise men, we are thinking of people who know the reason why they have traveled to another land. We we are thinking of people who have wisdom. Like when men will say, you are wise. You will not find such people among the call. And he says, not many mighty Not many noble are called. According to man's definition of noble and according to man's definition of mighty, you will not find many. But it says, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the foolish things of the world. What the world considers foolish. These are the things that God has chosen. Not that they are foolish. But this is what the world considers foolish. Do you understand the scripture? And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Base things, in the next verse it says, "And base things of the world and things which are not or, or things which are despised, hath God chosen. despised not by God. Despised not by the Holy Spirit, but things that are despised by men. The people that are despised by men had God chosen. Isn't that amazing? It's like God looks to see men that have been despised. People who have been despised. People who are considered base. People who are not mighty. People who are not considered noble in the eyes of men. These are the kind of people that God chooses. And he says, and had chosen, and says, and had God, he says, and base things of the world, and things which are despised, had God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to not things that are. Hallelujah. And the reason that God does that, he says, that no flesh should glory in his presence. That no flesh should glory in his presence. Hallelujah. And so we have been looking at the kinds of people, the characteristics of people that God chooses or God uses for his work. The people that we, when we say they are called, we are looking at them and we are looking to see if they match the description in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 26 to 29. That will this be the kind of person that men would choose? Would this be the kind of person that people will select? Hallelujah. Amen. And so we went through a few characteristics. And we said, number one, what was the first one we look at? Failures. failures. We say, God chooses failures. People who feel they have failed in anything, or people who men consider as failures. That you don't amount to anything. You didn't do well in school. You, we don't even have to spend too much money on you, because when you tried this, it didn't even work. Why do we bother sending you to the university when you were even struggling with this? You are a failure. Such a person God chooses. Hallelujah. Number two, rejects. God chooses rejects people that have been rejected. Amen. When you have been rejected, understand that God is preparing you for a call. When men have rejected you, amen. When men have rejected you, understand that God is preparing you for a call. Hallelujah. Rejects. God uses rejects. You know, when you are rejected, it is a very painful thing. When men reject you, it is very, very painful. Do you understand? When men reject you, you feel, you feel so low. You feel so low, you feel, you, you feel useless when men reject you. Sometimes, as a woman, you see that all the men, none of the men ever proposes to you. Even you make certain moves, you try to, and you see that, you, know, the, even the more you try. You've done all kinds of things. You change your hair, different colors, all kinds of makeups. You look at the people that the men choose, and you you try to be like them. Do you understand? You look at the people, you look at how they dress. You say the men are all after this woman, and so you try to dress like that, and they still don't look at you. You feel rejected. When the people are, in, I mean, when people are organizing things and they are inviting people, you are, you nobody invites you. Nobody invites you. Do you understand? And you, you, feel, you, you, you feel low. You feel low. You don't, you don't feel accepted. You are the kind that God is interested in. When you are going down like that, when you are being brought low, when you are going down like that, God is preparing you. God is preparing you for a call. Amen. Amen. God is preparing you for a call. When men reject you. When men reject you. And the next one, what did we say? Unworthy. Unworthy. You don't, you, even you, you feel in yourself that you are not worthy. Moses said, I am not worthy. You are not worthy of the call. When you feel like that, God is calling you. Amen. Hallelujah. And where? what's the next one? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Some of you have done things that if you stand to even share Christ with someone, they don't believe that you are real. They don't believe that you are real. Some of you used to do business that you used to dupe people, cheat people. They know you like money. You don't do anything for free. When you were in school, you used to do your friend's hair and you charged them. You used to cut your friend's hair on campus in school. And you are You don't do anything for free. So if you are now standing before a, the congregation and you are preaching, they all suspect. They say, oh, you are not believable. Some of you, for some of the things that you have done, If you go out to witness to people and they see you holding trucks and holding the Bible and sharing, they will think, what is he up to? What is he about? Nobody will believe you. But you are the type that God is interested in. You are the type that God... What is the next one? People with inferiority complex. Wow. People with inferiority complex. You look at others and you feel so low. You don't belong. You look at the way people are talking, the things people are doing, and you have a certain complex about you. God has chosen you. Amen. What's the next one? Those who have failed in ministry. You tried something in ministry before, it didn't work. You tried singing, it didn't work. You tried joining the prayer warriors. Even waking up, you can't wake up. They gave you um, area fellowship. Everyone that was in the area fellowship before you became a leader has left. Even they have left the church because of you. We give you one ministry, a ministry that is thriving, and we give it to you. We make you a leader, and everything goes down. And you feel like, this is not for me. God is calling you. I say, God is calling you. Hallelujah. What is the next one? People who are not eloquent. Oh. People who are not eloquent. You know, there are some people who are really eloquent. They speak in a certain way. You know? They have that, they have that aura, even the aura about them when they are talking. You know? You, when you are speaking, a lot of saliva is coming out. You know? When you get closer to the congregation, you see they are dodging. They are moving away. You, 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 and you know. You know. It's not something you can control. You know? Yes, it's a biggest thing. And it sets you back. It sets you back. Yes. And you feel that this is not for you. Moses says, "I'm not that eloquent. I'm not eloquent. Look at someone else. I'm not eloquent. When you speak, people keep asking you, you know, and you you can see the faces of the people that they don't understand what you are saying. God is calling you. I say, God is calling you. God does not depend on your eloquence. Amen. I remember there was a pastor in a church when." He finishes preaching. People have a lot of things that they've written about his grammatical errors. So they come to church not listening to what he's sharing, but he's a very anointed pastor. But you see, such a person when he's not received like that God takes him away, places him somewhere else where they receive powerfully from him. and he's a very anointed pastor. So God does not depend on your eloquence. Amen. What is the next one? Young people. God likes young people. Young people with energy. Young people with raps. You like to talk to people. You can you can get any girl you want. You have certain raps. God is interested in you to use that ability to do the work of the ministry. Can I hear an amen from the young people? Some of you, you easily make friends. Easily. You easily make friends. You see, you are a kind that you can put people together. God is interested in a person like that. Amen. God is interested in your energy. Your ability to navigate media. The social media. You can stay on social media all night. And still wake up in the morning and go to school. God is interested in that energy. Energy. Amen. God is interested in that energy. Hallelujah. Jeremiah said, no, I am too young. I am too young. God is interested. He said, even before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. And before you came out, I ordained you. As a baby, you were ordained for the work of the ministry. Amen." Amen. Wonderful. And the next one, God calls people who are fearful. Fearful. You are afraid. You are a person that God is interested in. You are afraid to stand before people. You are afraid to talk to people. You are afraid of what people will say about you. You are afraid that people will not receive you. When you are in that situation, God is interested in you. God wants to use such a person to write miracles to do mighty works when you feel that there is such fear in you. You can't do the work of the ministry. God is interested in you. Can I have an amen? What is the next one? The next one. People who are in difficult circumstances. Difficult circumstances. Amen. Difficult circumstances. Difficult circumstances are beyond your ability. Things that you cannot do anything about. When you are surrounded by things like that, your life is filled with such difficult circumstances. God is interested in you. Amen. Amen. I want you to listen to these messages and be encouraged that God is interested in you when you feel that you are in such difficult circumstances and you feel that you are not a person that God will use. If God is really calling you, how can you be in a situation like that? And I say, God is interested in you. God is interested in a person like you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God is interested in you. Gideon didn't feel that he was a person that looking at the circumstances, looking at the things that were around him, looking at what they were going through, he didn't think God was even near to them. But God had plans for him. Amen. 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 God intentionally chooses people who have difficult circumstances. People who cannot defend themselves. People who who depend on him. You see, sometimes God brings you to a situation where you can depend on any man. You can depend on your strength. You can depend on your ability. And you learn to depend on God. When you come to that situation, God wants to use you. Amen. Amen. When you come to that situation. There's a scripture in Isaiah 42 and verse 8. It says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another. Hallelujah. Neither my praise to graven images. Amen. God's glory, he will not give to another. God does not want to give his glory to someone who thinks, I was able to do this because of what I have done. This was able to happen, or this happened, or we able to do because of what I did. God wants people who are surrounded by circumstances that are beyond their ability that you learn to depend on Him. Amen. 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 Number eleven. What did I? What, what is number? The next one. We didn't. We didn't go on number eleven. Okay. So the next one: people who do not have miracle power. People who do not have miracle power. God chooses people who do not have miracle power. God is interested in people who, do not, who are not surrounded by mighty things. God is interested in such people. Amen. You may not have any miracle power. Or you may not have experienced any miracle power. You have not experienced any miracle before. Amen. And you need a miracle. How many of you need miracles? You need a miracle yourself. It is so obvious that you need a miracle. You need a personal breakthrough. Do you understand? You yourself, you need a personal breakthrough. And I believe sometimes, you see, God intentionally, God intentionally allows us to have a turn in the flesh. He allows us to have a tone in the flesh that we will pray about. You are needing a miracle, but you see a tone in the flesh and you are praying about it. You are fasting and praying about it. And as if God is not near, as if God cannot hear you. You see, sometimes God allows us to get to such an experience. God allows us to experience such a tone in the flesh and to Bring certain humility in us in order for him to bring certain breakthrough. And sometimes, until such humility has come upon you, until you have come to that level of humility, you see that torn in the flesh is still there. Amen. If you saw Paul, if you saw Paul in um, 2 Corinthians, I believe chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to verse 9, 10 if you saw Paul having having a thorn in the flesh and praying, fasting and praying and seeking the face of God for a breakthrough and asking God for a breakthrough, if you see such a man of God in a situation like that, you wouldn't think that any miracle can come out of his ministry. You wouldn't think that God is with him. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But you see, sometimes God allowed such a thing to come on, to come in. Let's look at that scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, unless I should be exalted above measure. You know, some of you, the way things are moving for you and the way things are going for you and the way you are. If God allows all things to happen the way you have planned. Some of you have plans for your lives. Some of you, if God had given you the husband, the wife that you dreamt about. The job that you dreamt about. Some of you, even small exams you can pass. And there's a reason. You know, and it's, it surprises you. Ah. And then you wonder, ah. you never even failed an exam before. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And God allows these things to happen in your life. Because the way you are, if God was to allow all things to move on, we can't even talk to you about ministry. For the where? (laughs) Ministry. The work of God. You will not even be here. I am teaching you something. Some of you, if certain marriages have come in your life, you will not be here. I'm telling you. You will not be here with your marriage and your children and you are busy and you know, you 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 have to take your child here, and you this one has to go to this swimming lessons, and this one has to go to piano lessons, and this you don't have time. And so God he says, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation. The way the revelations were coming, the guy was feeling elated. Do you understand? He was really feeling the power. And so he says, there was given to me a turn in the flesh. Everyone has a turn in the flesh. Everyone. Everyone has a situation in your life that no man can help you. Situation that you have prayed about. Many times. <laughs> oh yes. Everyone. And God intentionally gives us a turn in the flesh. God intentionally gives us. I believe that sometimes a torn in the flesh draws you even closer to God. Draws you even into the ministry. Oh, some of us would not be in the ministry if it was a certain tone that God placed in our lives. And then you realize that no man can help you. But you see, when God gets you to that level of humility. When God gets you to that level of humility where you have learned to depend on God. Where you have learned to say that this, it was just by God. Where you have learned to say that it is by the grace of God. When God gets you to that situation, then he lifts you up. Amen. Amen. Then he lifts you up. Hallelujah. So the fact that you yourself need a miracle in your life, does not mean that God has not called you. The fact that you need a miracle does not mean that God has not called you. Amen. If you look at Zechariah in Luke chapter 1, a man of God, a priest called to do the work of God. If you look at him, that this man and his wife praying, asking God for a child. Praying, asking God for a child. You see, if you are a person who also needs a child, you are coming to him and you say, ah. Yeah. But you,
0: <laughs>
1: you understand what I'm sharing with you. You see? He said, ah, you can't, give what you, don't have. you can't give what you don't have. So you see, God intentionally withholds certain things from us. And that's does not mean that God has not called you. That's does not mean that the hand of God is not upon you. It does not mean that you are not anointed for the work of God. The fact that you have an issue that you have prayed about and you have not received a result does not mean that God has not called you. Amen. God has called you for his work. Hallelujah. God is very much interested in you. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Let's look at Luke chapter 1 first. Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. Let's read that quickly. Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. He says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, Judea a certain priest named Zacharias, of the cause of Abia, And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. You see, look at this couple. And they were both righteous before God. Wow. They were both righteous before God. You know, we are a kind of people that when someone is having any issue, we attribute it to something wrong that they are doing. Do you understand? They ask, why was this person born blind? You know, you see, so if you look at this person who is born blind, sitting and begging, do you understand? Sitting and begging, born blind, people have so many explanations to why he was blind. Maybe his mother did something evil, or his father. And the disciples who were working with Christ asked, did his father or his parents sin? Why was he born blind? But we don't know. That this was the plan of God to raise someone. You see, Jesus could not minister to the Pharisees. They did not receive from him. As much as, you know, he performed miracles, he did so many things, they always were finding an explanation for the things that he was. They couldn't receive from him. But this person who was born blind, when Jesus healed him, his testimony, it brought division among the Jews. It brought division among the Pharisees that half of them now were accepting that this person must come from God if these powerful miracles are done by him. Whereas when it was Jesus, they couldn't even receive from him. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, and, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Blameless. Wow. Blameless. And verse 7 says, And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. So if you see this priest and praying for people, you don't expect that, you know, you expect all miracles, but miracle for a baby, miracle for a. I don't think this man has it. But God has really called him. God has called him. God has called him. God has called him, and he is a person that can pray for you to have children. God has called him, Amen. Amen. Luke chapter four, verse twenty-three. Luke chapter four. You see, sometimes when a man of God is sick, you see, when a man of God is sick, people wonder, ah, but he prays for people. <laughs> so, why does, does he pray for himself? I mean. Honestly, how many of you have taught like that before? I've thought like that before. When I was a child, when I didn't understand. I was taught like that before. Ah! But they say he's a powerful man of God. Why does he have cancer? Why can't he pray that it will go away? He's praying for people and they are being healed. And the blind is seeing and all of this. So look at this scripture. And he said unto them, this is Jesus, if you have a good Bible, you'll see. And he said unto, him, unto them, "Ye will surely say unto me, this proverb, physician, heal thyself. He said, you will say this to me, physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. Do you see? So they think that if you have power, you have miracles and we have heard that you are doing all these things, then heal yourself. You are sick, heal yourself. How can you say you are a man of God and you have, you have a cold? And you are coming to preach and you still have a cold. Why can't you just speak over the cold and it's gone? How many of you have said that before? <laughs> yeah. So he said, you will say physician, heal thyself. Verse 24. And he said, verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias. When the heaven was shut up three years and six months. When great famine was throughout all the land. Do you understand? He says that there were many widows. Many widows. Who were suffering from the famine. You see, if you are a man of God, one of the people that your heart should go out for are widows. If you are really anointed. Do you understand? Widows. That is why widows had some special position in the church that, you know, they were sharing things for them. They were taking care of the widows and so on and so forth. But you see, Jesus was saying that in the time of Elijah, there were many widows. When there was famine, when there was no water, there was great farming in the whole of Israel. And verse 26, he said, But unto none of them was Elias' sent, save unto Zarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. Do you see? So if you see all these widows who were suffering during this season, who were hungry, and they said there's a prophet, there's a man of God, Elijah, is an anointed man of God, called of God to do the work of God, then he should have done so many things for the widows. He should have wrought certain miracles that at least in the widows' homes, there will be enough food, enough bread, or their farms, there should be some rain. Just local rainfall. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You would expect. I've been raising that so. That we would expect that the man of God should be able to do such miracles. But Jesus was saying that there were many widows during that time. But none of them, none of them did Elijah Elijah go to. He was not sent to any one of them except this widow in Zarepta, in the region of Sidon. Do you understand? And then he said, and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha or Elisha. The prophet. Do you understand? Yes. Many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet. And none of them was cleansed. Wow. In the, in the, the, they were, the, the prophet was there. Around him were a lot of lepers. But none of them were cleansed. None of them were healed. None of them were cleansed. And so if you were to look in this period... And you see all these lepers that are around and Elisha comes around and he passes by and he's a prophet. And you could not heal any one of them. You will not think that God has called this person. But you see, this scripture is being quoted by who? Right now. That means that at the time that Elijah, Elijah the prophet and Elisha the prophet were there when all these things were around? God was very much aware that in the midst of a core person there were unhealed lepers. There were lepers. Hallelujah. Amen. There were lepers that were not healed. Hallelujah. There were lepers that were not healed. And so you may not you may not have experienced any miracle, but I am telling you that God has called you. God has called you. Hallelujah. God has called you. And God is very much aware that there is no miracle in your life. Amen. If somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you, Bishop says that, you know, when he began his ministry and he was having miracle services, people will come and then after the miracle service, people will come and give testimonies and all the testimonies were, oh, when I was coming, I had a headache. And after you prayed, the headache is gone. Oh, I've been having this headache. and it's, Everyone is just headache. That is gone. And people used to laugh. Do you understand? But you see, that, that could have quenched his ministry. His, at least his miracle ministry. That would have quenched his miracle ministry. But because of the spirit that was leading him. You see, we shouldn't be led by what is done. What is seen or what others testify of. That is why it says it's not mighty in the eyes of men. Not mighty in the eyes of men. But God is the one that chooses. Hallelujah. And today, look at the miracles that we are seeing. Amen. Gideon felt the same way. Judges chapter 6 and verse 12. Judges chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? Do you see? Difficult circumstances. Why then is all this befalling us? And well. Be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of. Amen. Do you see? He says, where be all his miracles? Where are all the miracles that people have been talking about? If God is with us, he says, if the Lord be with us, where are all the miracles which our fathers told us of? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Amen. He says, if the Lord is with us, where are all the miracles? If the Lord is with us, what are all the miracles that people are talking about? You see, people are testifying. People are giving all these testimonies. And we are saying that God has called you. And not even one miracle. Amen. Not even one miracle. People are testifying of great things. He says, our fathers were talking about the great works that this God was doing. That he was able to take a whole nation out of another nation. Bring them through the wilderness. Part the oceans for them. Why can't God do? If God is really with us, where are the miracles? Do you understand? You small marriage, just one marriage. Just one marriage. Just one marriage. It's not happening. People are testifying and doing, saying all kinds of things. Just one marriage you can't even have. And we say, God has called you. <laughs> Isn't it is funny? God has called you. God has called you. You just want one child, just one. Not too many, not just one child. There are some people, they are complaining that, oh, we have three girls and no boy. And this is their complaint. You just want one, boy or girl, Anything. But God has called you. I said, "God has called you. You are the kind that God is interested in. Hallelujah. God has called you. You want one just one small green card, not a big one. Small green card. Just one. You don't want five, you don't want 10. Just one. And it's not happening. Do you understand? You are the type that I said, if God were to allow all these things to happen for you, He will not get your attention. You will be too busy traveling. Today we will hear you are here. You are there. You are here. You are there. there. (laughs) But God withholds certain things from us to draw us closer to him. Amen. So in spite of the absence of miracles, in spite of the absence of experiencing a great breakthrough, God is very much interested in you. And God is calling you for his work. Hallelujah. The next one, God calls people who feel they have been forsaken. People who feel they have been forsaken. Again, Judges chapter 6 and verse 13. People who feel they have been forsaken. It says, And Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord had forsaken us. The Lord had forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. We heard of God taking them through wild countries, delivered them from the Jebusites, them from the Amalekites, from all these Sights that were in the way. <laughs> and even this small median eyes, God cannot deliver us from them. Small median eyes, they have overtaken us. Even the big sights, God delivered us. This small median eyes, you see. So you feel that you are forsaken. God has forsaken you. Amen. Feeling forsaken does not mean that God has not called you. Amen. I say, when you feel that you have been forsaken, does not mean that God has not called you. Your feelings should not dictate whether God has called you or not. We are not led by our feelings. Amen. We are not led by our feelings. Because the work of God is not done by feelings. Amen. We ought to be led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And so the fact that you are feeling the way you are feeling does not mean that God has not called you. You feel forsaken. You feel that things are not working out for you. You you feel that God is not with you. When you look at your classmates, when you look at your classmates and their accomplishment, when you hear your classmates talking, you know, sometimes you don't even want to be near your classmates. (laughs) Do you understand? Sometimes when they are talking about reunion and all these things, you you, as soon as you see, you delete it from your email. <laughs> you don't want to come near them. They are talking, you know. And this one says, "Oh, I was in, um, I was in Japan, and I ordered some goods. They are coming, and then I had to go to um, Korea, and I have to go to this place, and I oh." You don't feel like, you don't feel like being around them. You don't feel like being around them. You, even your um, sociology 101, you are struggling, struggling, still struggling, still struggling, still struggling. And these people are talking like that. Sometimes when you go, you travel back home and you don't even want to go near your class space. You know, their homes, their houses they live in and the cars that they drive. And you don't want to go near them. you feel forsaken. <laughs> but God is interested in you. I said God is interested in you. Amen. God is interested in you. How many of you have felt like that before? You don't know, even want anyone to know you're around. You just come, do your things and... You say, oh... Charlie, we heard you are in town. We will come and pick you up. We want you to say, I'm not in town. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah. You don't want to go. Amen. They have high income jobs. Houses. They don't talk about house. Houses. (laughs) Cars. Cars. But God is interested in you. I say God is interested in you. Amen. You may feel forsaken, but God is interested in you. You see, when a mother, when a mother leaves her children, when a mother leaves her children and travels to another country, for instance, Travels to another country. The children might feel forsaken. The children might feel very angry. But you realize that your mother has not forsaken you. So It's because of you that he has traveled. Her trip is because of you. Hallelujah. Sometimes a child will be crying. You know, sometimes the mother will leave a child with a babysitter and go to work. And the child will feel forsaken. Crying, crying and crying. But the mother has not forsaken the child. Do you think the mother has forsaken the child? Why do you think the mother is working? And sometimes you don't even know after the mother has finished working, she's going to the stores buying things for the child. But sometimes the child doesn't know that it was for your sake that your mother is doing all of these things. And you feel forsaken. Jesus has said, he says that I will never ever leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. And so no matter what you are going through, you are never forsaken. God is very much interested in you. Hallelujah. Let's do one more quickly and then maybe we can. God uses people who think they have nothing to offer. God uses people who think they have nothing to offer. Again, Judges chapter 6 and verse 4. Verse 14. Judges chapter 6 and verse 14. He says, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Wherewith shall I save Israel? Hallelujah. Gideon was asking, with what shall I save Israel? What do I have that can save Israel? What do I have? What do you see that you are calling me to save Israel? You see, you look at yourself and you think you have nothing to offer. You see, you, you don't have anything in you to offer. Amen. You see, God is interested in a person like that. When you feel, I don't have anything. Gideon was asking, was it a genuine question? You see, he's looking at his circumstances. The man is even trying to make small porridge to eat. And he's hiding. He's hiding. So he feels if he could defend himself, if he has something, at least he could have defended himself. He wouldn't hide. But he was hiding from the Midianites. And so when the angel of God came and said, Go. In the same way that he was looking, he said, what do I have? What what is in me? What do I have that I can use to save Israel? But it's not what you have. It is not what is in you. Hallelujah. It is not what you see. What you are says to have is what men thinks of you. That is what men think you have. Amen. So he's looking at himself and saying, what do I have? He says, wherewith shall I save Israel? What do I have to offer? Amen. You see, as we are sharing this message, I believe there are some of you who are saying, oh, this is not a message for me. You just come and you listen. And you are thinking, it's never a message for me. Sometimes you feel that you don't even have one scripture that you understand. Or one scripture that you know. You think you don't have the word to share. You see, wherewithal, what wherewith shall I save Israel? What do I have? You feel you have nothing to offer. There's nothing in you. But you see, such is a person that God is very much interested in. Such is a person that God is very much interested in. When you feel you don't have anything to offer. The work of God is not the work by man. It is never done by you. Amen. Amen. You know, it is a fearful thing sometimes, you know, to accept the position as being a pastor. You know, and you think of, what do I have to offer these people? That every time you have to have a message to share with them. Do you understand? You have to have a message to share. Even if it is just one week, one day in a week, but you have to have a message all the time. Someone calls you, there has to be a message. Someone has an issue, there has to be a message. You see, and you realize that, you see, the work is not yours. You realize that the work of God is not your work. Just as you start, sometimes it just baffles me. Sometimes you feel like, what am I going to share? Oh, yeah. You see, you come and then you are coming to sit down, you are ready to receive. But someone is also praying and then, Lord, what am I going to share? What am I going to share? Would they understand? You, you look at the Bible, when you read, you don't even understand it. And you are preparing, you say, I'm preparing a message. What am I going to share? Do you understand? But you see, it's so amazing. It's so amazing. It says that, it says that you see, if you drink of this water, if you drink the water that the well that man has made, if that is what you are going to depend on, if you drink of this well, you will test again. You, if you are going to depend on this, you, you just have one message. You come and share, and that's it. It's finished. It's finished. But he says, but the water that I shall give you, the water that I shall give you, it shall be in you. It shall be inside you. It shall become like a fountain. It shall be in you, and it shall never run dry. And that is how the work of God is. Sometimes you take a small scripture, and you want to share. You see that it's opening you to the scripture, and it's open. It's a fountain. It's a fountain. That is why it is not a call by man. That is why you cannot depend on man. Amen. Because the well, the well, it says it was Jacob's well. It's a well that was dug by Jacob. And so the woman will come and then he will drink. Do you know that story? The woman at the well. She will come and then she will fetch. She will come and then she will fetch. But Jesus says, if you drink of this, you will test. If you drink of this, you will test. But the one that I shall give you, the one that is from me, when I call you to the work, you will never lack what to share. You will never lack what to share. Because it is his work. Hallelujah. It is his work. And so Gideon was asking, with what shall I save Israel? With what shall I save Israel? And it's a reasonable question. Isn't it a reasonable question? With what shall I save Israel? God is looking for people who do not have confidence in themselves. Amen. When you don't have confidence in yourself, you are the type that God is interested in. I am telling you. I have realized that the times that, you know, you you are coming to share and you, you know that this There's even the scripture that you have gathered the link is not do you understand and it's amazing that on occasions like that on occasions like that someone comes to you and then he says that was for me you were preaching directly to me the word was for me and then you think is that true or is he just saying to make you feel you know you know how sometimes you know you, you 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 wear certain dress, you wear certain clothes, or your hair certain way, and you come to church, and you you know that today is not this. <laughs> Do you understand? Today you know that today it didn't work because you were trying. You almost didn't come to church. <laughs> you almost didn't come to church, and then as soon as you come, somebody, wow. Wow, you look so cute. And then you are wondering. You are looking at a person. He says, you you, you are looking at a person with a certain eye. How many of you have experienced that before? You You wonder, is she mocking me or what? Are you mocking me? But you see, when you are less confident in yourself, you are the type that God is interested in. When you have no confidence in yourself. Hallelujah. You have no confidence in singing. You are the type that God wants to choose you to sing for him. You have no confidence. Because you see, a lot of times, we look at what others are doing. We look at what someone else is doing. You You look at someone else's church. You look at someone else's church. You know, sometimes when I look on TV and I look at people's churches. Hey! The camera, the the camera, the TV camera cannot cover. It's like they have to span like that. But yours, when they put the camera here, yes, <laughs> it catches them like that. And then you wonder if you are looking at this and you are looking at that. Has God really called me? But God has called you. I say God has called you. God has called you. Amen. God has called you. For the people that he has gathered before you, God has called you. He said that, go in this thy mind and save Israel. Save Israel. God has called you. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. I think we can pause here and then we will continue next time that we meet. Isn't that annoying? It's so much power when you can rely on God. When you can depend on God. Amen. When you can depend on God, when God realizes that you don't depend on your confidence, you don't depend on. You see, when you have confidence, when you have confidence, you 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 don't give room for the spirit, and the work one is not done by the spirit. There is no power in it. There is no power in it. Amen. When you don't have, when you don't have, when when you are confident in yourself, you get tired very soon. Yes. Amen. You get tired, you get worn out. You get annoyed by the people. You get angry. Amen. You get frustrated. But when the Spirit is leading you, when the Spirit is leading you, it becomes, it becomes, it's just flowing from you. Amen. It shall be in you. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. Wonderful. Oh, God has called many, many, many people. Are you going to include yourself? Will you include yourself in the people that God has called? He says, not many mighty, not many noble. When you look at called people, yes, you don't feel like you are a mighty person. You don't feel like you, you fit in that call. You don't feel. It's not by your feeling. It's not by how you feel. It's not by how you feel. But God has intentionally chosen people who have no confidence in themselves. People who are not worthy. People who are not mighty. People who are base. People who are not counted amongst important people. These are the kinds of people that God has chosen. These are the kinds of people that God has called. God is much, much interested in a person like you who has no confidence at all. God is interested in you.
0: You Call me, I will answer. Lead me, Lord, I. called me i will answer lead me lord i will go you have called me i will answer
1: father we are thankful and grateful we thank you lord that you have chosen people like us father we thank you that in spite of our circumstances in spite of the difficulties that we are facing in spite of the impossible situations that are in our lives lord you are interested in us in spite of our failures in spite of the fact that we are not eloquent lord you are interested in us in spite of the fact that men have rejected us we were not included on people that men have chosen we were rejects men have rejected us lord we are thankful that when men reject us you select us you choose us we are grateful lord that in our fears when we are fearful when we feel that men will not believe us when we feel that we have nothing in us to offer when we feel that we are not worthy lord you have chosen us we are thankful what a god we serve we give you honor and we give you praise we thank you lord that you have also included us in the ministry in spite of the fact that we also need miracles in spite of the fact that we also need breakthroughs you have chosen us even to minister to others we thank you lord we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name.
0: Lead me, Lord, I will go.
1: With all eyes closed, every head bow. If there's anyone here you want to give your life to Christ, please lift up your hand, lift up your right hand, and I'll pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus you are not born again or perhaps you feel in your heart that you feel very far from Christ but tonight you are saying pastor pray with me I want to give my life to Christ if that is you lift up your hand and I'll pray with you is anyone here like that anyone here like that father we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation we thank you Lord for choosing us and causing us to approach We give you glory and honor. Help us, Lord, to continue to work with you. May we never be weary. May we never be tired. May we never leave. Because you have chosen us. And you say you will never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you, Jesus. We give you glory and honor. Thank you, Spirit of God, for teaching us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus?